Welcome to another episode of BS with Brett. Today, we're going to talk about Phil's and how baseball is finally back. And, you know, to be honest with you, my feelings on the Phillies have changed in the last 48 hours. I really was not expecting it. You know, I was kind of going into this thinking, you know, 60-game season, the Phillies are going to win 28, maybe 29 games, and maybe 30, you know, but... Just, I still wasn't seeing. I, I love the acquisitions of DD and Zach Wheeler. You know, even though Zach Wheeler's only put together, you know, kind of like good half seasons. Like he's had a couple good, you know, post All Star breaks, second half breakouts. But you know, we haven't seen a full season of good stuff from Zach Wheeler yet. Although I do like the acquisition. You know, he could come in and shove for a few starts this year and then, you know, really come into his own as a fill. But, um, you know, I think that he's a question mark, probably an upgrade over what we have, but it remains to be seen how good he can actually be. Um, but I still just think, you know, the needle was not moved. Um, you know, like the ceiling for this team wasn't raised this off season. Um, I think DD is the best shortstop that we've had since J Roll. I think he's going to show that. But my thing is just, you know, the pitching just, you know, isn't where it needs to be to actually compete. And part of it is the injuries in the bullpen. You know, you just, I don't know who's giving some of these guys advice or, you know, what goes through these dudes' head. You know, David Robertson and Sir Anthony Dominguez. You know, typically you get hurt and you miss that season. Or if you get hurt at the end of one year, you might miss that whole upcoming season. But to miss two seasons is ridiculous. So it's almost not even the Phillies' fault in that aspect because if you don't have your best bullpen arms, you just can't compete at the end of games when – you know, you're playing the Braves and Freddie Freeman's up at the plate or Acuna, and you need your good arms out there. You know, you, you can't just roll out Hector Neris every night or every other night in the ninth inning. Like, you got to have some options. You know, I think Sir Anthony and David Robertson, along with Neris, would be really solid. Along with, you know, whatever they end up deciding to do. It looks like Pavetta is going to be coming out of the pen to start. But really, where my feelings have changed was after I watched Vince Velasquez pitch against the Yanks the other night. And let me tell you, you know, we've been teased before with him and Pavetta. I think Eflin is better than people give him credit for. At least he's consistently around a four ERA. I, I pretty much know what I'm getting out of Eflin. But out of those young guys, I kind of group all of them together with Eflin just being a little bit better than Pavetta and Vinny V. But the reason to believe that Vince may have turned a corner is he added a good changeup. And the thing about it is, you know, I don't know if people realize, but Aaron Nola, when he came up, to the bigs he made it up to the bigs very quickly but even when he came up he was a two-pitch pitcher 
fastball. And then, you know, he has his real two-seam running fastball and then a curveball. But what made Aaron Nola take that jump to a legit, you know, number one, you know, some people don't think he's a one, but he, he's the top of the line starting pitcher. And I think he's legit. What made him take that next step was him adding a good changeup. Because in today's MLB, man, you know, it's all about the launch angle. It's all about hitting the hell out of the ball, right? Everyone wants to see that exit velo. You're sitting on fastballs, right? So if you got a good change that can offset to where, you know, as a former hitter, the hardest pitch to hit in baseball is a changeup because it comes in and if someone has a good change, it's coming in looking like a fastball and then it kind of just dies and you're way out in front of it and you're just like, what the hell was that? So, you know, Vinny V was making some of those, you know, all-star Yankee hitters look pretty foolish the other day. So, and you know, I know it's spring training. It was an inner squad or no, there, you know, it was a scrimmage against the Yankees, whatever, but in the game didn't count, whatever. But I get all that. But at the same time, it's July. They're supposed to be in season right now. It definitely matters how they are looking. I understand win or loss, it doesn't matter until Friday, but it does matter how they're looking, especially considering it is July. It's not March. Like, they are supposed to be in season. So I know that the hitters are going to keep seeing live pitching and the hitters are going to get more in tune. But I was very encouraged from what I saw from Vinny V the other day. That change had good bite, and it's coming in at like 88 miles an hour. That's perfect, man. Mid-90s fastball with a good change. Looked like he was throwing a little cutter at like 91. And then he's got a sharp curveball, man. So you can tell that Vinny V made the effort this offseason to try and get better. I mean, I think that Pavetta is kind of soft in the head. And I think Eflin is just going to be a consistent around a four, maybe a little below a four ERA. But I've always thought that Vinny V has the most potential. Just you look at him, man, and he's just an athlete. I mean, he, if y'all remember that comebacker, he had a comeback hard ground ball at him or it went off his glove or something. And he threw the ball as a first base with his left arm. You know, he threw it over there lefty like, you know, I mean, that's unreal. He's a crazy athlete. He's throwing dudes out from left field last year. And I think where he has gotten in trouble is just, you know, leaving fastballs right down the middle. Like sometimes I think that he thinks that he throws the shit out of it when in reality he's only throwing, I mean, not only, but he, he's throwing like 95, touching 96, which that's how hard all these guys throw now. It's not like he's throwing upper 90s. He's not. He's He could probably touch a 97 or a 98 if he wanted, but he's pitching at 93 to 95, which isn't overpowering in today's MLB. That I wouldn't say that's average, but it, it's closer to average than it is overpowering. So sometimes I just think he tries to, you know, just throw the shit out of his fastball when in reality, if he just keeps developing and learns how to pitch throw that change up man 
And he was doing that to the Yankees the other night. I think he went four or five innings, six Ks, and he gave up a bombed Aaron Judge. You know, I, I thought it was a good pitch. It was a fastball up, and Judge just got to it. So the thing that will raise this team's ceiling is if guys like Vinny V continue to develop. It's those young arms, man. If him and Pavetta and Eflin can just become legit, like, Pavetta and Vinny V can't suck. You know, if they can just be legit pitchers, I'm not saying they got to be aces, but they got to fill spots in the rotation. And if Pavetta's in the bullpen, that'd be great. But if these dudes can just become competent to good, then that's only going to raise the ceiling for this team. Could you, like, I feel like Vinny V has top-of-the-rotation, like, potential and stuff when he's on. So, Girardi has said good things about Velasquez. I just think he could be in line. It wouldn't surprise me if he had a sub-4 ERA, maybe closer to 3. You know, breakout year for Vince Velasquez. I mean, and then if Wheeler can be good, and you have Nola, Wheeler, Vinny V., and you'll see what you get out of Arietta. They say he's finally healthy. You got Arietta, Eflin, Vinny V, Pavetta, and then if Spencer Howard comes up and can be legit, I think people are sleeping on the fills because that lineup is going to hit. The lineup's only gotten deeper. They're going to be batting DD. It looks like, I mean, you never know with some of these lineups that they've rolled out. It wouldn't surprise me if he's batting DD two hole or three hole. I mean, he's. I could see him batting five or six hole as well. It's going to be interesting. Girardi's going to have some fun throwing some lineups out there, but I just think, you know, the ceiling could be on the rise, and it it comes down to the pitching. If those arms can be legit, I think the lineup's going to swing it. We'll see. What happens with Bohm? You know, Segura got hit on the hand the other night. You know, who knows if he's starting on Friday. The more at-bats I can get Bohm during the 60-game season, the better. And when I say, you know, this pitching, if they turn out and if Brian Price can help develop these young guys, when I say the ceiling could be raised, I'm not saying they're going to go from – and my prediction before I saw anything, like if you had asked me a week ago, what do you think the Phils are going to do this year? I'd say 28 and 32, 29 and 31, maybe 30 and 30. So when I say the ceiling is being raised, I, I'm talking like, and especially because I really don't know yet, like Velasquez could come out his first start and be the same old Vinny V. You never know. So it still remains to be seen, but if he continues what I saw the other day against the Yanks, he's going to be very successful this year. And I, I mean, if you have Nola, Wheeler, Vinny V, and if you get anything from some of those other guys, Pavetta, Arietta, Eflin, I mean, and then you get Howard coming up, I think you're going to be in a lot better spot than people are talking about. I mean, I could see 32 and 28, maybe 33 and 27 and fighting, fighting for a wild card spot. I still think that the bullpen is going to be an issue 
just because, I mean, aside from Neris, and I, I like Jose Alvarez, I just think if you had the full bullpen, you know, able to be used with Robertson and Sir Anthony, I, I think you'd be talking about something completely different here. I think you'd be talking about a team that can compete for the division. I really believe that because I don't think the Braves have the pitching to win it all. I mean, you saw it in the playoffs last year. They gave up like a 12 spot in the first inning because, you know, I saw a tweet yesterday saying something like Soroka and Max Freed are so far in Philly's heads or Philly's fans' heads. And I, I really just, I mean, they're not in my head one bit. I mean, Max Freed tossed up like a 60 mile an hour curveball that Harper hit out first pitch that he saw from Freed last year. I mean, I'm not really impressed. Like, I think Soroka is solid for sure. Would love to have Soroka in our rotation. But let me tell you who doesn't scare me. Freed, Fultonevich. I saw Fultonevich give up three bombs in one inning to the Marlins last night. He's the perfect example of someone who throws hard but isn't that good. He's all right. Nothing special, though. He's been the same old deal for a few years now. Not overly impressed. Um, they have Cole Hamels, who I would have loved to Philly sign Cole Hamels. But is he is he pushing the needle for the Braves at this point in his career? I'm going to say no. Um, the Braves lineup is obviously nasty. Uh, there's no denying that. They have some of the best young talent in baseball. Undoubtedly. Acuna and Albies... And they got some more boys that are about to come up and play outfield. I think, uh, I don't want to mess up the names, but I, I remember watching the Futures game last year, and I definitely saw the Braves had another outfielder, an outfielder coming up. And then they definitely have some more young talent coming up. So the Braves aren't going anywhere. I just think that they didn't necessarily – move their needle any higher because they're relying on the same thing the Phillies are that their young pitching develops and gets better but and I I still don't I think the Braves did make some bullpen acquisitions um I think they got Will Smith a lefty from the Giants but I I still just I'm just uh like I don't think the Braves are a World Series contender I, I don't think so, man. They don't have, like, a bona fide one in their rotation. They, they have a bunch of twos, threes, and fours, you know? And and when I say twos, like, Soroka might be a two, maybe. I mean, he looks good. But Freed doesn't look any more than a three. Fultonevich might... You know, he might be a three tops. He's probably more of like a four. They Their pitching just doesn't scare me. And their lineup, it scares me. You know, they got Ozuna and they got Puig as acquisitions this offseason. You know, I don't know. I think Ozuna is really bad on defense. His arm is terrible. Um, he definitely, we'll see how he's moving out there. Obviously, Puig can sling it. They got Enciarte and um, Acuna. So, I mean, their outfield's going to be solid. They got 
I believe you know Austin Riley is going to play third. You got Dansby, Albie's playing second. Freeman at first. Flower, they got Tyler Flowers catching still. I mean, the Braves are solid. Don't get me wrong, but I just like I wasn't surprised whenever they gave up a twelve spot or whatever. They gave up a big number to the Cardinals and that. That and or um, yeah that that game five, I don't know what I guess it was the NLDS last fall. So yeah, I mean the the Braves lineup's gonna scare me against our pitching, especially. You know, like they outscore the Phillies. They don't they don't shove it up our ass on the mound. Let's just make that clear. So when when people say that. You know, Phillies fans are worried about Max Freed and Soroka. I mean, Soroka might be good, but I don't think Freed's all that. I mean, Freed was a part of that meltdown against the Cardinals. I think it was him and Fulton Evich who pitched that game. So, I think the Braves, they'll still probably win the division, but I just don't think they're a legit contender. Not yet. I mean, if they get... If they got a, a good quality number one pitcher and then maybe like one more dude in the pen, then you might have something. But don't get me wrong. The Braves are legit. That lineup makes them very legit. So the Mets, the Mets just don't scare me, man. I mean, I know. So two years ago, the Mets had our number. Last year, we had theirs. I mean... I don't I mean, it's just, we'll see what that closure looks like. He, he was pretty awful last year, Diaz, and they traded a lot to get him. So, I mean, you got to think, like, he has a bunch of talent. So if he figured it out, then that would help their bullpen. They don't have Syndergaard this year. So they're going to be rolling out the Grom, Stroman, who, who I think Stroman's a decent pitcher. He... He's not great, though. He's he's good, not great, is basically how you describe Stroman. He's a good number three. Like, if they had Thor as their two, you know, you got DeGrom, Thor, Stroman. And then, you know, Matt's is all right, nothing special. And then I think they got Rick Porcello. So, you know, and they got, um, did they get, did they bring in Michael Walker or something like that? So, I, I mean, the Mets, yes, they have pitching, but for whatever reason, the Mets just don't get it done, and they are very prone to pitching injuries the past few years. You know, they got DeGrom. Could you imagine if DeGrom was on the Braves? Then then uh, the Braves are clear-cut. Like, they're a contender at that point. But I think the Mets lineup is solid. You know, they got some good dudes in there. Conforto, McNeil. Pete Alonzo obviously is a stud. So we'll see what Suspedas looks like. Uh, I think their lineup's going to be solid. And they also brought in Dellen Batances. So the Mets on paper, if it fit really as much as I hate to say, if it came together for the Mets, especially in a 60-game season, because I'm pretty sure they had a tough start to the year last year, but then they kind of really came on the second half. Their type of team that like they have more pitching than the Braves do. So if the Mets lineup really got hot and their pitchers stayed healthy 
and you know guys like Diaz and then you know Betances really fits in in that back end of the bullpen I could see the Mets causing problems this year I really could see that but the Mets just kind of have that thing about them that you know they just don't get the job done so I can't say that I'm all in on the Mets but I won't say I'm out on the Mets that I think the division is going to be very interesting I think you got a lot of you got four teams and, and the Nats obviously the defending World Series champs I mean the Nats but you got to think the Nationals won the World Series last year because they had Scherzer Strasburg and Patrick Corbin they had three legit dudes and they were rolling out Patrick Corbin you know in the World Series out of their pen to where they didn't have a bullpen all season and then they have Doolittle at the back end so the Nats really got the strategy going when they got in the postseason in the World Series last year you know that lineup Juan Soto I mean Juan Soto or Ronald Acuna who are you taking? I mean, I think it's a toss-up. Those dudes are amazing. There's a lot of talent in this division. It's going to be very interesting to see. So I think, if I had to guess, you're going to have those four teams. And then the Marlins, honestly, the Marlins, they're not good, but they're going to be a little bit improved. They added a couple quality vets like Corey Dickerson. They got Jonathan VR. So, so they're going to put together more competitive ABs and you know their pitching is still bad but I think they probably have some pitching in the minor leagues that's going to be ready to come up you know they got six though oh man which leads me and I've already kind of ranted about Real Muto on the last pod I did but I'll reiterate here in a sec how much of a joke it'd be if they didn't bring back Real Muto but so, yeah, the Marlins have guys like Sixto that are going to be coming up soon. So the Marlins are only going to get better. They're young. They have some talent that's very young. But the Marlins, they were at rock bottom the past couple of years. They're, they're not going to get any worse. They're only getting better. So I think the division is going to be in a real good spot here the next couple of years. But as far as the 60-game season, man, I mean, it's a shit show. It's going to be what lineup comes out swinging because I think the pitchers are obviously going to be ahead of the hitters in this situation the pitchers have been throwing and yeah hitters you can do all you want you can hit off a 95 mile an hour you know pitching machine blah 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 but you know it's just when you have that long a layoff from seeing live pitching at that level it's got to be I mean those dudes are so good and so talented that you know like just watching some of these Philly scrimmages, our hitters are on. Like they're on the fastball. I'm not seeing a lot of, um, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of dudes just terribly late or anything to where it's just obvious that they haven't been, you know, hitting or like seeing live pitching. So I'm not as worried about that. I think they're going to be well prepared. And I think from what I've seen, the Philly scrimmages have been good. I've seen some good swings. You know, I think. I'm really excited to see guys like Adam Hazley and if Roman Quinn, like I want to see what Girardi kind of does with center field, you know, kind of platooning Roman Quinn and Hazley. I want to see who steps up, man. I want to see what we get out of DD. Is DD, he, he seems to be fully healthy now. I've seen him take some good cuts. 
you know, like if Didi can be fully healthy and just, you know, just kind of be a step above where he's been the past couple of years, I think we're going to be in a real good spot. I want to be able to confidently say he's the best shortstop we've had since J-Roll. If, if we can say that, we're going to be in a good spot because you got to think shortstop has been a weak spot for the Phillies ever since J-Roll. Freddie Galvis couldn't hit. He played a great shortstop, but he couldn't hit. So if you give me a guy who can play good defense and he can hit, like DD, we're going to be in a good spot. Scott Kingry, man. Scotty Jetpacks. I could see him take another step. No doubt about it. And honestly, what, what's going to make the difference for the Phils in the lineup? Hoskins, is he going to wake up? Is he going to step up? You know, is he is he back to form or is he still a head case from the second half of last year? It's going to be interesting to watch. It, it really comes. And I also seem to think from the lineups that I've seen put out, I almost think that Hoskins is going to be in the five hole. I, I almost think that uh, he's not going to be batting Reese in the four hole to start out at least. So it's going to be interesting. And then if you get a season out of Harper to where he's one of the best players in the National League and he's just, you know, some when he gets up to the plate, man, you can kind of just feel it like – you know, something's about to happen, or you can just kind of see he puts fear into people. And if he's on, man, you know, he grew that hair out. He's got another baby on the way, man. You know, Bryce is a dad now, man. And I'm telling you, this man, Harper, you just wish you could see an 162-game season to see what kind of numbers that man can put up. But I think Bryce is in a good spot, and I think – if you can get a season out of him where he's one of the best players in the NL, we're going to be in a good spot. So, you know, those are some things that come to mind. And then, yeah, just real quick with JT, man, he's such a stud. And it's just like, you know, the other night against the Yanks, I think. So, DD was batting third. He went and doubled down the line. And then Real Muto, first pitch breaking ball. He sends one deep to right center off the bottom of the wall for an RBI double. I mean, JT is just consistent, man. He is smooth. He is a dog. I think he's just got it, man. And I just I just don't see as a front office. Just think about this. When you traded for him, you gave up Sixto Sanchez, your best pitching prospect. A dude that's probably going to be shoving it up your ass for years to come. So you're sending him in the division, and then you also traded Alfaro, who I think is going to be a good MLB catcher. So you already had a guy that was going to be a good MLB catcher who has all the pop, the best, one of the best arms behind the dish in the game, who is like a raw, toolsy catcher that just came up from the minors that was only going to get better. And just as he refined and, you know, just hopefully cuts down on the strikeouts, you're going to have a good MLB catcher along with your number one pitching prospect. So when you trade that away and you bring in, you know, some people say the best catcher in the game. I think so. It's incredible what that man can do defensively, athletically, running the bases. And with the swing, man, JT is that dude. But here's the deal, man. 
you knew what his contract situation was when you signed him, right? Like, we knew that he only had two years left on his deal. So there had to be a plan in place for what you were going to do. If you were planning on not bringing him back, because think about it too, it's not like you traded for him as like a you know mid-season acquisition to where he's a free agent after the year. You just want him now to try and win a World Series because you're competing. No, he was here and they went 81 and 81. There's no way they were expecting to compete last year. I mean, with the, with the pitching we had, there, you cannot have expected to be competing last year. So there had to be a plan in place for signing him back long term. There has to be. Because if there's not, then there is a huge problem and that front office needs to go. It's, it's a joke if there wasn't a plan in place to bring him back. I mean, what were they thinking? Yeah, we're just going to bring him in for a season and then he'll play the next year. We're not going to sign him back. We'll just let him go for free agency. And when we let him go in free agency, we're also not going to, you know, we trade away our best pitching prospect and a good catcher we already had and could have kept, you know? So when you pick up JT, you know his contract and you know that you have to bring his ass back. You know, and guess what? What were you expecting the number to be? Were you not expecting, yeah, he's the best catcher in baseball. You might have to pay a little something for that. Like, what? I don't care what the luxury tax is, John Middleton. Get it done. Because if you don't, who's going to catch? You got a plan in place for that? I don't think so. Because it ain't Andrew Knapp. Who, you know, that dude gets a lot of heat for a backup catcher. I think he can be a formidable backup catcher. But he is nothing more than that. So... If Andrew Knapp even crossed your mind when I say who's going to catch if it ain't JT, that's a problem. And that ain't it. So, those are my general feelings about Real Muto. They have to find a way. And like I said, it's just, if he's the best catcher in baseball, you had to expect that, yeah, when we re-sign him, that number might get a little silly, but we kind of have to do it like we kind of have to because you got to think and I'm completely fine with building this team around Harper and Real Muto perfect I'm good with that and for the people that say oh you know but you don't want JT because that's gonna be the back end of his career no it's not he has caught for five seasons in the bigs this man was drafted out of high school he was he is athletically he is elite he was a quarterback in high school, was about to go play quarterback at Oklahoma State, but was drafted in the MLB draft at a high school. So he went to the, you know, he went pro for baseball, right? So it's not like, you know, so he definitely caught for a few years in the minors and then has now caught for five years in the bigs. But it's not like he's caught for eight and then you're signing him for years nine to 15. You're signing him for years six to, you know, if, if it's like a five-year, $140 deal or five-year, $140 mil deal, then you're getting him for years six to 11, which is perfect. That's his prime. This is his prime. He's the best catcher in baseball. He is an elite athlete. I am not worried about him wearing down. I'm, 
I'm just not. Because he's as good an athlete behind the dish as there is. If, like, I'm just not worried. You you know, like, scared money don't make money, man. If, basically, if you're worried about Real Muto wearing down by the end of his contract and, you know, worrying about how much we got to pay him, you just got it twisted, man. You can't, with what they had to do to get this guy and how important he is, and not to mention, he's also Harper's boy. Harper, when he was on the Nationals, he said something along the lines of, yeah, I wish we could trade for Real Muto right now. I want him on my team. So who do you think made the request to go get Real Muto from Miami the first time? I I, I don't know. I, I think Harper might have said something. You know, I think he might have. So are you going to disappoint Harper, who you just signed a 13-year deal? I don't know if that's good business there. I'm all about trying to keep Harper happy because from all the looks of it, Harper is happy. And he's all about competing for this city, which I love. I love watching Chase Utley go to war every single night, fighting his ass off, competing his ass off every single night. And that's the vibe I get from Harper. You can say what you want about Harper, but he goes hard night in, night out, and I respect the hell out of it. I love it. So, it would be just travesty if they don't bring back JT. I mean, it literally has to be the type of thing where whoever his agent is, you put a blank check in front and be like, look, man, whatever it's got to be, because this is our guy. We got to have him. He's our guy. He's one of the best players in the game, man. It's just, it is just not good stuff if they don't bring him back. But all in all, like I said before, just watching Vinny Velo pitch the other night, it has got me a little more excited to watch the Phils. Like, not that I wasn't excited for baseball to be back, but I just didn't think the Phils were going to be much more than maybe like a 500 team this year because I just don't think. They have the pitching at the back end to really compete at the end of games with some of the best teams. So, you know, when you get a guy like Vinny V, if he can really hold down a spot in rotation, then you can move a guy like Pavetta into the bullpen. And then, you know, we'll see if Brian Price has done anything with him to where we can get Nick Pavetta taking another step. So definitely looking up for the Phils. I think it raises the ceiling definitely by a couple wins you know it it definitely does we'll just have to see how this bullpen holds up we'll have to see how Reese is looking we'll have to see you know what Arietta and Eflin and some of those boys are doing and and then we'll see what Alec Bohm and Spencer Howard can do I I definitely think there's some intriguing things to look at with the fills and I, I don't think they're as far off as you know some people might think and like the Eagles, I love how nobody's really talking about them. They're kind of just flying under the radar. And, you know, from all accounts, from everything I've seen, I think they're looking pretty good going into it. So hopefully we can go take two of three from Miami and then we'll play the Yanks. You know, I, I mean, I know it was just spring training, but I wasn't overly impressed with the Yanks the other night. I mean, they really were not getting good swings off of Vinny. 
they really weren't. There was more bad swings and him making them look foolish than they were taking good cuts on them. You know, so. But he threw a changeup to Urshela to where the ball started middle in and it ended up really in. Urshela hit it. He got really jammed and it was like a foul ball that went between his legs and Urshela was just, you know, just dumbfounded with what had just happened. So I think Vinny V definitely you know, has some guys kind of spinning their heads on what he's throwing. So very excited. Um, I think we'll probably shoot to do a, uh, a pod after this first series they play and we'll see how they're looking, but until next time.